Support Black Podcast. Slip on a red shirt and beam aboard the USS Internet for all things Trek. The Red Shirts Podcast, available on redshirtspodcast.lipson.com, where three cool guys aren't afraid to don the dreaded Star Trek Red and let it all hang out. Join Craig, Q Storm, and Big Sexy for anything and everything involving the world of Star Trek. Check them out on iTunes. Check them out on Stitcher Radio. Check them out where you find podcasts. The Red Shirt Podcast. Remember, support Black Podcasts. What's up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to Gutter Talk. Gutter Talk! I'm Johnny Destructo. We're here at My Hero Complex. That's a comic book store in Maniunk, PA at 4327. Did I do it? Is that right? Is that yeah, my address? That is absolutely correct. Nailed it! Uh, this is my comic shop. It's bigger. It's better. It's bluer. It's def- I painted it blue. Yo, what's up? Holla your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. Nice. Oh, I forgot. I'm the Thwip Tribble. And with us this week is... Kira Schwartz, comic enthusiast and triple jam. Have you? Do you listen to my other show? Do you even bother? Spoiler anymore? alert! Spoiler alert! Every once in a blue moon, yes. All right. When those blue moons happen, how do you feel about emails up front? Do you like emails in the front of the show when you listen to the podcast, or in the back of the show? I actually like them in the front of the show. Okay, that's what I like too. Yeah. But then some jackass. I don't know who it was. So, all right. There is a dude out there with a podcast. Um, so already he's a nerd. Am I right, folks? I take it we're cursing on this one. Did I curse? You said jackass. Jackass isn't a curse. It is so. Get the fudge out of here. That it is, is not jack- jackass. Is It's a curse word. It's a donkey. No, an ass is a donkey. Oh, a is jackass it? is a curse word. Oh, well, well, fuck it then. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, so there's a guy out there with a podcast, and his podcast is all about reviewing other podcasts. Really? It's just, it tickles me to no end. Wow. Uh, so, you know, when we used to write reviews for Ain't It Cool News and stuff, my favorite is when people would show up just to review our reviews, mm-hmm. which I don't, it's some sort of weird... What is that? What sort of puzzle is that? What just doesn't stop? Oh. A Mobius strip. Oh, my God, Kira. It's busting it out. Nice. Mobius strip. I, so, I was going to go Fruit Loop. And one of his things <laughs> one of, the, one of his thing, uh, was that, uh, you know, the podcast that I do. So he reviews Spoiler Alert. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that it, means that you're, you're something because he actually found your podcast oh, that's to true. review it. That's true. So yeah. what did he say of oh, said? I don't Mostly he said that... Um, Oh, he didn't understand why we were introducing ourselves. One of the things he said was like, you know, we go through and I'm like, oh, I'm JD and oh, I'm Optimus Douche and oh, I'm Mark underscore L underscore Miller. And uh, he's like, for some reason he had a problem with that. It's like, you want to know who you're at least being able to know who you're listening to and be able to give a voice a name, right? Yeah. And already and and with that comment right there i would blow off anything else that, that he, he say and including his podcast because the first rule of podcasting is that every single episode is somebody's first episode. yeah exactly and that's the reason why you introduce yourself on every show yeah 
So fuck that guy. Uh, and also he said that he didn't like the emails being up front. Yeah, but fuck that guy. So <laughs> who gives a fuck? We got emails. <laughs> we got emails. I'm going to read them right the fuck now. My favorite part, though, is that we have a little jingle. What do we have? Letters. Oh, oh we, we got, got letters. letters. Oh, we, we got, got lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. This one's from Christopher Goodnight. I give you grief because I love you. Aww. And JD, I messaged you about the shop trying to suss out if there should, would be a show this week. When you didn't respond to the direct message, I tried a different tack because I really do look forward to the shows every week. Bibbo was the best thing about this past season of Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, just to let people know, he kind of like writes this in like a um, like stream of consciousness yeah, type yeah, of way. Yeah. His next stream of consciousness. I will agree with Len that I would love for the shows to end their separate runs and combine the cast for one show. Even if they do it as a series of TV movies once a year, a la the Doctor Who Christmas specials. Let the cast move on to new projects, but bring them back once a year for an epic event. Hmm. And by all means, DC needs to get their heads out of their asses and allow them to use Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Oh, you goddamn right. That would be awesome. I think I read somewhere, oh no, it was a, a TV legend, and I didn't read whether or not it was true or not, that the Atom was actually supposed to be the Blue Beetle. Oh. But they wouldn't let them use Blue Beetle and thus they turned them into the Atom. Yeah, that's true. That makes I can sense. see that because that whole character is, is basically Ted Kord. Yeah, yeah. It's not Ray Palmer. There really. you go. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Marvel needs a movie featuring Beta Ray Bill and the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> what? Okay. I don't know about Beta Ray, but the Wrecking Crew could show up. Oh, the Wrecking Crew could show up in a movie, right? I don't know if they need a movie about no. the Wrecking Crew, even though that might be an interesting tack because it would be about a villain. The Wrecking Crew should show up in the very beginning of a Marvel film that has already been in progress. And okay. then the beginning is the fight, and then, you know, before the credits, right? And mm -hmm. then, you, then you, you web up. You beat the Wrecking Crew, you're Spider-Man, you right. web up, and then all of a sudden you're off into your, your film. This is They're not a main baddie for a film. See, I don't know about that. Going from where you just suggested, and then if, like, let's say that Spider next Spider-Man movie. So mm -hmm. then Spider-Man goes on for his adventure. Yeah. But then the sequel or the Netflix series mm -hmm. could be the Wrecking Crew in prison because the Wrecking Crew... While they are bad guys and they have very bad attitudes, mm -hmm. they almost strike me as like, you know, if Tweet, mm -hmm. they could maybe not necessarily be the Avengers, but they could definitely be anti-heroes. Mm -hmm. So I could see maybe a series on them. Yeah, now that we're talking about it, now that we're doing the dive... I like that idea, but not as an Avengers-type team. I would keep them as villains, like low-level, blue-collar, working-class okay. villains. Mm -hmm. um, thugs, if you will, or like you know, bank robbers, what have you. But do it in the style of the Superior Foes of Spider-Man by Nick Spencer, where it's sort of tongue-in-cheek and it's having fun. Okay. Not straight-up comedy, but a, li with a, a little bit of humor to it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I gave them for for those who can't see what's happening because this is an audio uh, track. I, I handed the the microphone to Kira because it looked like she had something to say. And I totally agreed with what you were gonna say. I was gonna say make it like a Netflix series format. Um, 
similar to like the defenders, keep them on that kind of scale. Mm-hmm. And construction seems to have a lot to do in those plots. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> the wrecking crew sounds like they'd be pretty at home. Yeah. Yeah. All right. More. What else we got? Hawkman. Oh yeah. I don't care about his past stuff, but the Hawkman found issue was one of the best issues of the Dark Knight's Metal, so I am looking forward to the ongoing. Yeah, there was a one-shot called Hawkman Found. Oh, okay. If Tom Cruise ever decides to throw his 60-year-old hat into the superhero ring, it could be as Carter Hall. No, Tom Cruise is way too short (laughs) to be Hawkman. Hawkman should be like... Hawkman should be at least 6'3", and it, he doesn't have to be really? like... Really? You think his height has anything to do with his... Well, only because um, only because Hawkman, he, I mean, he basically walks around in wrestling gear, mm-hmm. you know, with his... his He's got the He-Man yeah. bandoliers. Yeah, yeah the yeah. big, burly, hairy chest all yeah, over the place, yeah. and, and, and you've got to be a a very prideful, strong, you know, overly virile, uh, stopped, full of testosterone man to walk the streets with wings. (laughs) Yeah, with your your wings and the bandoliers and your nipples out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's why, and Tom Cruise is like, Tom Cruise is, is... Barely is barely uh, taller than a munchkin. He's just a little guy. He's a little, he's he's a little, he's a, little he's baby a, he's boy. He's a little pushin. Yeah. So no, he can't be. He can't be. Uh, Hawkman. Hawkman. Carter no. Hall. Yeah. He cannot be Carter Hall. No. Uh, la, 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 la. The story of your friendship. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, you missed the one sentence. Uh, the one sentence paragraph that just says, "I fell asleep and my email sent itself." Lame. <laughs> The story of your friendship, I think he's talking about our friendship, Aww, J.D. buddies. Reminds me of the story Kevin Smith tells of how he and Jason Mewes started hanging out. Part of the problem with listening to the podcast is it tricks me into believing I could hang out at J.D.'s shop or the radio station on Thursday nights and be best friends with you all. In all, in all honesty, though, I probably just get on your nerves. you probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know him well enough. <laughs> I, too, miss Wizard Magazine, J.D. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the new way they do previews with DC and Marvel having their own separate magazines and being left out of the main catalog completely? Plus, you have DC Nation, which is monthly, I guess, and Image Plus, which is monthly as well. That is a great question. And allow me to elucidate my response. Fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck it. Just take it and fuck it. I hate it. I hate it. First of all, all right, so for anybody who doesn't know, a quick little history lesson and how a comic book shop works. There is a previews catalog that all of the comic book stores use. Diamond Comics is our distributor. They have a monopoly on the comic book industry. They send us giant, really thick uh, catalogs called previews. Mm -hmm. And it's all one book. It's bound. And everybody used to be in that binding. Yes. And then... Marvel said, hey, we should have our own insert. Because I guess they were getting a little too big for their britches. And they said, we got to have our own insert inside previews. Yeah, I remember that. So you got to put it in, you have to stuff it inside the previews. And then that was annoying enough. And then Image decided, well, we're going to do Image Plus Magazine. 
And at least Image Plus Magazine is a legit magazine. It, it's got um, previews, like actual pages from mm-hmm. comic books that are coming up, and it's got articles, and it's got interviews. Now, yes. that is a legitimate thing. And also, you can buy it for $1.99 on the shelf, or if you buy a previews, you get it for free with the previews, which I think is great. Also, the Witches miniseries uh, sequel, you can only read it through Image Plus. So there's actual uh-huh. legitimate reason to buy those issues by Scott Snyder and Jock, the artist. And then DC went, well, Marvel has their own insert, so I guess we better have our own insert because we don't want to feel left out. So now there's an Image Plus, a Marvel's preview, and a DC preview that all get jammed inside the previews that you get every month for $3.99. So is the DC one, that's the DC Nation? No. And then there's DC Nation, which is, I don't even, haven't even flipped to it. I have a free one. I have a, uh, a free stack it, of them. It, it, it reads, at least the one that I looked at, it, it's uh, like a mini magazine. That's fine. I'm cool with like that. that. Um, and it's free. So, I, you know, I order a bunch of them and I just hand them out. So people right. are like, oh, shit, this thing's coming up. Looks cool. Yeah. But yeah, it just it drives me nuts. Did that answer the question? So, yes, it drives you nuts. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, I don't like it. You don't like it. Yeah. You don't like it at all. I don't See, like but it. I don't mind it. Because to me, in some way, shape, or form, that's and it, trust me, they could do more. But that's the companies, yes, trying to control their own brand and all that. I get that. But they're also trying to, even a little bit, rebel against the monopoly that is Diamond. Hmm. So I'm I'm all for any anything that puts like uh, some kinks in in that in that armor. Yeah. Um, the other thing that is sort of a detriment is that. If you only want to read Marvel and DC, what you're going to do is you're going to pull those two inserts out of there and you're not going to flip through the book. And I have found that people who flip through the book find a lot of really cool independent stuff mm-hmm. that they otherwise had no idea would have existed or would have had no idea that it existed. Well, that to me is the biggest crime in the, um, the death of the comic book magazine. Because regardless of, like, I know we are now in a digital age, mm-hmm. there are a ton of people, they still come in and buy the books because they like the books. Yeah. So I think that a true comic book magazine, a lot of times, was, people, was people's introduction to these independent comics and artists and, and, and projects that were coming up and coming mm-hmm. out. And you don't have that anymore. And I think that is really a big shame. We have one more email. It is definitely on my phone and queued up for me to just read. Oh, the home dad. Home dad abroad. Yes. Let's see. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a lot. Okay. It's called You Asked For It. And the message reads thusly. God damn it, JD. Mm, they are all coming at you. Okay, Len. Your turn to wander the shop for a bit. <clears throat> oh, and just to ruin the flow before it starts, this email is in reference to Gutter Talk 541, so no one's day is hijacked by having to scan all the way through an email, ignoring the first, first line which reads Dear JD and Len, to figure out which show it is addressing. Grr, anger, now sufficiently peaked to embark on my rant. When JD threw out the fat pitch concerning the intricacies of Peter Parker and Flash Thompson's relationship and when and how it has changed over time and ruminated on what kind of ranting might be coming his way, it got the juices flowing. So it's time to open up those floodgates and let spill that I got nothing. Yep, (laughs) nothing. As much as I love me some Spidey, after I ducked out of 
collecting during my destitute and prolonged college years, I never took the time to reacquaint myself with that missing period of the webhead's trials and tribulations, assuming, rightfully so, that when I picked up a Spidey comic backup, it would, he would still be struggling, still be broke, and still be married to MJ. Speaking of which, I finally started reading it again during JMS's run. Fuck you, Marvel. <laughs> anyway, my confidence in my absolute and elitist knowledge of all things comic and most other things may have been permanently shattered or, at the very least, mildly shaken. Teen Titans West? Fuck you, DC. <laughs> Where does this crap come from? You would think there was some kind of mandate to get books out every month, forcing whatever harebrained, posted, noted, brain farted, condensed that to hair, hair farted, bowel movement of an idea to be explored instead of waiting for inspiration to take a creative type gently by the genitals and lead them to the fountain of humanity saving fiction, allowing them to craft exquisite poetry in four colors. That's the only kind of comic that's ever been published, right? An entire industry sprang up 80 years ago and waited around to eventually roll their presses over the sublime Miller's Daredevil, Moran Gibbons' Watchmen, Morrison's All-Star Superman, and of course, Liefeld's Youngblood. I think we can all agree that none of the good and brilliant comics we have poured over would be worth a damn without plenty of poor to mediocre comics to give them context and comparison. I'm not entirely sure why this needed a rant, but there you go. The Home Dad Abroad. Sent by Projected Thought. I don't, so what, I, that was a lot of, speaking of, what was the word you used earlier, the term? What? The, the, uh, Christopher Goodnight oh, uh, sends it by uh, the way he writes his emails. Oh, uh, stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness, my goodness. Yes. Um, is there anything for me to respond to there? Not really. Okay. Not really. You know, did you, are, are you a fan of South Park? I used to be. There was an episode of South Park, it's probably now about, going on about two seasons ago. Oh, yeah, I haven't. <laughs> where everybody in in uh, on South Park all of a sudden became like a Yelp reviewer. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, the one guy, the, the, the Jewish father, I can't, I can't remember. I guess it's... Stan's dad, right? Stan's dad. No, no, no. no that's Kyle's, Kyle's dad. dad. Kyle's dad. Kyle's dad is the Jewish right. father. Right. Um, he, he became a Yelp reviewer, but so much so, like, you know, because he, he felt like, um, you know, people really yearned to see his reviews mm -hmm. so because he took the time and, you know, would be very, you know, erudite in, in how he was reviewing. And, and he would sit down at his computer with, you know, with a bottle of port, you know, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. write. To write my my little his review. opus, yeah, his opus, yeah, on the city walk, right, right, <laughs> of the city walk, exactly, yeah. I picture that's what comes to my mind when we read emails from both Christopher Saint Saucy Goodnight and, and the, the Home, home Dad, Dad abroad, abroad that they are just sitting there, like just at their computers, just trying to outduel each other <laughs> with the emails that they send in to Gutter Talk. Yeah. Um, I picture, see, for me, I picture that animated GIF of, I don't know where it's from. Obviously, it's from The Muppet Show, but it's just um, Kermit mm. just slapping his hands against oh, the, the keyboard. Yeah. Yeah, against, yeah, the typewriter. Yeah, yeah I remember it's, that one. I love it. Now, that isn't to say that we don't love the emails. No, we love them. No, yeah. Great deal. Yeah. Um, all right, so those are our emails. Oh, so what what was the I feel like there was something I wanted to say about the end of Saint or Home Chris, Dads. Home Dads. Um oh basically it, 
you need some shit in order to pick out the gems, right? Yes. He's talking about how there's a lot of comics that just people are in the business. The comic book business is in the business of making money from making comic books. Mm -hmm. So anytime anyone online goes, oh, they're just making this. Th what was, it happened literally yesterday. There is, so Humberto Ramos, uh, who you might know from Amazing Spider-Man, he's been drawing that for decades on and off. Um, he also did an image book, what was that called? It's about a vampire. Oh, wow, that's going back a bit. Yeah, anyway, everyone knows Humberto Ramos. He, he, he draws Spider-Man like he's filled with shards of glass. Everything's mm -hmm. very pointy. Um, and they had done something, there was a hashtag and it was a bunch of characters who had been amalgamated. Okay. But it was like who get like the hashtag was like who gets warped or something. Mm -hmm. Instead of amalgamizing them, they're right. warping them. Right. And so they're taking two characters and mushing them together. It's exactly like the Amal amalgam. Um, not to be confused with the very, very amazing coffee and comic book shop. Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. Yeah. But someone had mentioned ah. Was it Marvel or DC? It doesn't even really matter. But like, oh, this comic book company is just trying to generate buzz. It's like, what? Yeah, yeah, they're trying to generate buzz. That's what a business does. They're, they want people to get excited for comic books, so they're trying different, you know, things. Throw them against the wall. Different, um, um, what's the word I'm looking tactics, for? Tactics, strategies, tactics, strategies, initiatives, initiatives, in order to gain um, excitement from Man. their readers. And that's what the fucking business is about. Anybody who thinks that a decision for a comic book is not about making money, you're deluding yourself. That's what they're there for. Very true. Yeah. Even if it's a great idea that you happen to love, that company still made that decision in order to get your money. Yeah. Yeah. It's just whether or not you like the idea or not is the difference. Right. So anyway, I agree. I think that's sort of what um, Home Dad was trying to say. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Uh, so those are our emails. Thank you. You can email us at blacktribbles at gmail.com. Or Copop go at gmail.com and you can go to coldpopgo.com and click on the bright red banner all the way on the right of the site and you can leave us a, a voicemail if you've got a, a microphone on your phone or whatever which you do so you should do that because I like those those are cute I want to talk about this book that Kira brought up that is actually a comic book that I didn't know was a comic book because I didn't even imagine that such a thing could be a comic book but it is a comic book and I think that's great <laughs> and yeah. the comic book is called uh, a Quick and Easy Guide to They, Them Pronouns by Archie Bongiovanni and Tristan Jimerson. Uh, it's put out by Limerence Press. Uh, so it's June. It's Pride Month. So I think I, this is a good start to our Pride Month segment. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this is a book about how to use they, them pronouns and how to be an ally to people that use them. Okay. For people who may not have people in their friends group like this why would people need a they them pronoun outside uh, of the how they traditionally or have habitually been used for plural right so i use she her pronouns you guys probably use he him pronouns i've never actually asked but i've always assumed but yes, yes. <laughs> uh so there's a lot of people in like the transgender umbrella that right. are non-binary right and so they don't use uh, either or. Either or. So they use they, them pronouns or some other pronouns that uh, I won't mention here, but they, them is probably the most accepted one. But why, why did they 
locked in on they or them just because that could be either or? It typically is used uh, as either or, like when you don't know somebody's gender. Mm. Like um, if uh, you were to ask, if I, so I said, somebody came to the door and you'd say, oh, what did they want? Got you. Ah. Good point. That is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That is a good point. The singular yeah. they has been around for a very long time. It's just the context of using it right. for a person that you know right. is different. I never thought of it that way. Me neither. I never thought of it that way. That was b- right then. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't need the comic book now because she's, <laughs> she's explained it. I, 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 I'm good now. All right. I'm, okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess the problem that I had with it, my, we were talking about this before the show. Um, I have no problem with they, them, uh, other than it's a plural, which messes my brain up. Mm-hmm. Because usually if you're in the room with me and I'm referring to, if I'm talking to Len right. about uh, someone with a they, them, it messes me up because they're in the room. So I want to say he or she. Right. But yeah, if it's someone I don't know, if it's a, if it's a mysterious them, then it would be like, oh, what did they want? I would have been like, oh, what did she want? What did Kira want when she was here? Um, but yeah, that's I like that. I like that description. That's pretty cool. Tell, tell me about the comic book. All right. So the comic book is just um, a... It's written by a cisgender, which just means not transgender. Okay. It's not an acronym or anything. It's Latin term. Uh, it's a cisgender writer and artist uh, with uh, his... Uh, friend who uses they them pronouns they're non-binary uh and it's just going through like a little faq of mm. uh, what's that i'm sorry i didn't oh. mean to I'm, I'm flipping through the book i'm sorry to interrupt but i'm looking at the indicia and all of the credits of the book so like joe nosimac because i know these are a lot of names that i noticed from um james lucas jones was it are these guys from oni press it sounds familiar yeah, yeah i think it might be oni press um but I'm I'm noticing in tiny little parentheses, there's a little she, her, she, her, he, him. There's, oh, let you know what pronouns. Yeah, so all of the people who are involved have a little parentheses of like what their their pronoun, pronouns are, which is kind of cute. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And it's like things like that that this book is really uh, trying to emphasize on. Uh, when you introduce yourself, uh, you give your, give your pronoun. Uh, when you are with someone that you know uses they, them pronouns and uh, someone uses the wrong pronoun for them and you know it bothers them, uh, maybe just say, oh, they, they use they pronouns, just being a uh, an ally, right. being an active ally. Right. Uh, lots of little things like that. And it illustrates a lot of scenarios where this could happen or just ways to uh, familiarize, familiarize yourself with the concept. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's very cool and very necessary um and a timely way and a you know cool way to do it to introduce this concept to people who probably have heard of the concept I mean heard of the concept now in you know I I feel like this is a fairly recent I don't want to say phenomenon but like uh it's, it's, I feel like it's a recent conversation okay. I don't feel like it's a recent necessity yeah. Does that make sense? Did I... It's been a problem. Like, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, J.D., you know, you've been in punk for a while. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you've been a punk all your life. Yeah, yeah. too long. <laughs> but um, people have been wearing, like, buttons and, mm-hmm. like, thing, like just they, them on them for 
years and years and years mm -hmm. just to indicate oh. what their pronouns are. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it's now just becoming a little bit more mainstream. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we have uh, people that are going by like not Miss or Mister, like but Mix. Mm. MX. Oh, really? Huh. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard that. That's cool. Oh, yeah. that's it is cool. Uh, I, th I think I just saw something about a school teacher who now get, finally got uh, authorization to use MX mix as hmm. their honorific. Huh. Nice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I mean, that, it only makes sense because, as you know, for lack of a better phrasing, so forgive me, mm -hmm. as a lot of this you know, world is coming out of whatever shadows it was in before, you know, um, and it is becoming more just part of the, you know, the everyday for everybody, which, yes, a lot of it, a lot of people are bumping up against it. And they're like, oh, you know, and I think that's part of the part of what you see happening across this country mm -hmm. in many different ways. Uh, people just bumping up against this, this, the social changes that are being to, in their eyes, being forced upon them. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it's not being forced. It's just, you know, the the, the curtain has been drawn. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And as that curtain just continues getting wider and wider, the conversation becomes more, it, it, it's out there and people have to respect it and you have to accept the world that you are you are in. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. And I think tools such as this, this the quick and easy guide to them, they, them pronouns are, uh, are necessary, appreciated, great, mm -hmm. and should be more and more prevalent in uh, everyday society. Like this, this little comic book right here should be in every high school in America. Yes. Mm -hmm. like, it should be necessary reading. That should be like, yeah, that should be like on the, the reading list. Yeah, like it was just in college, like my senior year of college where I was taking a technical writing course. Mm -hmm. And uh, they wanted us to use uh, either they, them for like a generic pronoun or he slash her or like his slash her. Right. Uh, and for me growing up like with some familiarity of they them pronouns i'm just he slash she is just so bulky and big and yeah. doesn't look good yeah and just including a they pronoun is just easier for me yeah at this point and i think it makes to me myself just makes a little bit more sense if it's using what is already been out there what right. has already in a sense been uh traditionally used as you've just mm -hmm. brilliantly illustrated to me and jd as i think it makes sense to use they and them as opposed to using some of the more uh creative pronouns that have mm -hmm. been created right in the last few few years that for whatever reason ha i don't at least doesn't doesn't seem to have caught on. Yeah, it's it's hard to come up with a word that um, is more readily acceptable. Uh, like, there's a lot of like uh, z her, z mm. uh, her, a air things right. like things like that. Um, they're a little bit harder to catch on. Uh, they're they are used in some queer circles, but right. not exactly uh, mainstream. Mm -hmm. But 
Yeah, I think yeah. I think those are more like re remaking the wheel when it it doesn't need to be remade. Mm-hmm. You just need to the, the teach it how to drive a different way. What this is really it, it's a, a cisgender person who uh, is trying to translate uh, the, the teachings of someone that is non-binary to a hetero space. Right. I had a couple of questions just for people out there who don't have access to this book or may want to know more. Mm-hmm. Um, when you walk into a room or a friend group, the onus, it sounds like to me, Kira, the onus is on the person introducing themselves to say, hi, I am blank. My pronouns are blank. Uh, yeah, it depends on the setting. Um, but I think if you're going out and meeting people and it's a comfortable space that looks uh, queer friendly, mm-hmm. Uh, you can just say, uh, my name, yeah, my name is X and my pronouns are Y. Because Len and I were talking, you had, you had gone to the, the restroom and Len kind of did a, what are Kira's pronouns? Should I, I don't know what to, what's, what's the, and I said, you know, I don't really remember. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's she, uh, but you should ask on, on air because it's not rude, right? Like if you're being introduced to people, it's, it's not rude to ask what are your pronouns. I don't think so. Don't think so. I don't think so. It's not rude to ask what people's pronouns are. Um, having, I think, the conversation mm-hmm. kind of just says that you are willing to use whatever pronouns that they give you. Yeah. Uh, yes. If you're, if you're opening up that conversation, I think that it's good. Yeah. Okay. Because I know, growing up, Len and I, uh, there have been times where I have misgendered somebody mm. who I thought was one thing, and it turns out I was wrong, and that was uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, I guess just ask people. If you're unsure, you could always just ask. Because I think people, especially younger people growing up, it's such a common conversation at this point, yeah. and it's so it's kind of in the zeitgeist that. Um, yeah, if, you, if you're never sure, just be like, oh, what are your pronouns and blah, blah, blah. Because even if they do look like they're presenting as one thing, they may prefer something else. So, exactly. yeah, and um, it's always a good conversation to have. True, so true. I'm really glad that there is a comic book like this that I could order in for the store. Um, a gentleman had come in the other day and he was looking around and he goes, ha, and he sees, the, he sees the book and he goes, ha, how funny is this? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. How funny is it? Because I wasn't, I wasn't sure where he was coming from. I didn't know right, if it was yeah. like what his angle was. How, how isn't it funny that this exists? Isn't it cool, funny that this exists? Or was it, isn't it funny that these damn liberals have to use they them pronouns? You know that sort of conversation, which has happened in my shop once or twice. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. I think it's just adds to the American experience. To it does. To um, it's, it's, it's not that difficult, man. A lot of people are like, oh, it's it's so inconvenient. Really, is it inconvenient for you to remember to use they, them? Or is it inconvenient to be the person who needs to have the they, them? You know what I mean? When I was growing up, queer was a derogatory term. Uh, and now I'm noticing that queer is more just a designation. Is that, it sounds more like taking a word back if we were going to use a phrase... There isn't really one answer to give for this question. I'm of the camp of people that say people have fought very hard to bring queer back, and I will happily use it to describe myself. Uh, I am queer, uh, but there's a lot of people that still don't appreciate queer. Uh, gay was a slur at one point, too. It's true. not... Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's exactly... Um, 
comparable to say that queer is a slur and can't be used. Um, especially with like all the love that surrounds that word right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For this month, for Pride Month, we had a couple of queer characters and books to discuss in case you want to find these books. Um, Kira has been reading, uh, she has a subscription to Fence from C.S. Packat, Joanna the Mad, and Joanna La Fuente. And I haven't read a single issue of this because when I saw it, I was, it kind of reminds me of there's a manga called Haikyuu, which is a very specific niche manga about um, uh, volleyball. Okay. And this one, this book is just like, oh, it's a book about fencing. And then the sport when, fencing. Yeah, fencing, the sport. Uh, and then um, when I ordered it in, I was like, oh, that's gay as hell. Cool. And so you, you're checking it out. How, do you like it? I, I really like it. It's uh, kind of like a young adult series. Um, there's a, seemed like a slow burn love romance between two rivals. Uh, it's definitely not adults. Uh, it's there's just like kissing or like people heavy take their petting. Sh- people take their shirts off. It's it's not like ever sexual. Mm-hmm. Like they're about to have sex or anything like that. Right. It's it's I would be comfortable with a young. It is in a young adult book. Right. It's a YA book. Right. Right. Um, Which I appreciate, mm-hmm. and, and it, it it definitely uh, it's a book that. Um, features a great deal of representation, not just, you know, of the queer variety, but of, you know, the multi, multi, uh, multi, oh, yeah, it's multi-racial. very multicultural. Very multicultural. Just, just uh, flipping through it, it's very multicultural. Yeah. And I'm going to admit that, um, I'm sorry, oh. uh, when um, I put this in my store, I've got an all ages section, and then I just kind of have everything else. And I there was a slight pause about putting this queer book in a all ages section and right. i think that is just my antiquated sort of oh i bet parents would get mad if there was a gay book in a all ages section because that has to deal with sexuality of a sort mm-hmm. but it's it's it is it's like a young a ya book so yeah but but just the, the to be fair i don't think it's a book that is all ages. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. I don't think we're not like a four-year-old, right? That's true. But uh, so I'm just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one of the beautiful things about this book is that it is a YA book first. It mm-hmm. just happens to be about a queer lifestyle, yeah, or, or, or queer storyline. It sounds like a story as old as time. Is like it is actually two people who are rivals and then they start to feel, have feelings. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but it just we've seen that. But it, but it's a comic book. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly drawn and illustrated and. And written in a way that is very digestible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of got like a like a manga look to the to its. Uh, Scott artwork. Pilgrim isn't quite correct, but it's in that. Arena. Uh, Scott Pilgrim's. It's got. It looks like it's kind of like um anime, uh, like like manga. Manga style. Is yeah, accurate. it's got it's also you know who else American manga. American manga influence. Right, and you know yeah. who else it looks like it's influenced by that a little bit, a little uh, Terry Moore. From strangers, I could see a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah it, so, um, which makes it very digestible. You know, mm-hmm. you know, big panels, not ch- not full of a whole ton of words. So it's an easy read, um, and just looks like a very very cool comic book. Mm-hmm. 
I'm glad you brought up Terry Moore because that's one of my favorite. That's I think my first experience with a queer comic book is mm. Terry Moore, who, if you don't know, has written several long running comic books that he has written, drawn, inked, lettered, everything himself. And he's one of my favorite creators. And he's also done some work for like Marvel. Marvel. Uh, so yeah, Strangers in Paradise was a super long running, yes, not quite monthly comic book that he was putting out by his onesies. Yes. And it's a romantic triangle between David Kachu, Katina Chuvansky, mm -hmm. and Francine. Yes. Uh, Francine and Kachu were high school friends, they're best friends, and Katina has always had a crush on Francine. Hard. Francine, from my understanding and my reading of the book, has always sort of also had some confusing feelings, but was yes. unable to accept them. Yes. Because of her antiquated, I guess, sexuality. Well, uh, her upbringing. Yeah. So I just want to shout out a couple comic books. Uh, first is Moonstruck. Really casual queer relationships. There is a character that uses they, them pronouns. The whole overall creative team is just very queer. Very good representation. What's Moonstruck about? Uh, sorry, Moonstruck is a, I'd say, YA uh, mystery comic. Ooh, uh, I like that already. It's kind of like a supernatural town. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, tell me more. Yes. <laughs> so. Stop it, being creepy, Len. Uh, no, I'm. I'm, I'm it's interested. A, it's a supernatural like um, college town. So like every. Okay. So like there's just like vampires and Medusa-like creatures walk just walking around. At, people work at a coffee shop with with uh, oh, sayers wow. and stuff. It, it's cute. It's very cute. It sounds dope. Uh, so it's a mad, little magical mystery and lots of queerness. Uh, Bingo Love, we probably mentioned on the show before. Bingo Love is one of the best comic books of the last six months. <laughs> Bingo Love is very, very good. It's about um, these two old queer people of, col uh, people of color, women, uh, that fall in love. And it's, like, it's adorable. A lot of very emotional mm -hmm. deals with uh, family, like younger family members uh, dealing with the coming out of a grandparent of grandparents, of, of yes, fam of, of parents. Unrequited love for quite a long time in their lives, actually. Yeah, yeah. There's a, lo a long time where they're just not together anymore. It's a, I have a cute story about Bingo Love because I bought that comic book, fell in love with that comic, and then I just had it sitting around my house. And then mm -hmm. someone came into my house who had only recently um, <clears throat> really started dealing with their own sexuality, mm -hmm. saw the book, started reading it, fell in love with the comic, took the comic from my house <laughs> so that they could present it to their friend. Oh. Because, you know, this is what they hoped their life would be. That's you know, without the the years of separation in between. That's so cute. And then they brought the comic book back. So th that was the best part. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was really dope. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love that comic book. It, it still yeah. is on my coffee table. That's so cute. I, I read it um, picking up a friend at the airport, mm. and I'm just sitting in the parking lot just just crying. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's real. It's, it's, it's really good. Very, like, happy tears. Yes. Uh, there's uh, Princess Princess, which is a YA book mm -hmm. about two queer princesses. Uh, I, like I have that. Mm -hmm. And Motor Crush, 
which is Motocrush! Action, racing, motorcycles, yeah. and lesbians. Yes! <laughs> so Baller. Mm-hmm. Love that comic, too. And, of course, there's always Lumberjanes, uh, Saga, Steven Universe, uh, Fence, like we shouted out earlier. Uh, there's just lots of queer comics if you, uh, if you just look out there. Yeah, and a good thing, even though we're, we're bringing this up about Pride Month, but these are comic books that are not just put out special for Pride Month. Mm-hmm. These are comic books that are ongoing series that have been going on for quite some time. And I think it, it's worth pointing out that these, many of these comic books are uh, quite successful. Yes. You know what I mean? So they are actually getting um, awards, a lot of critical acclaim, and audiences are finding them and really appreciating these comic books. It's worth, it's worth saying that, you know, the comic book audience, you know, a lot of times gets painted by the, the mainstream media as, you know, the, the, the white guy... Yeah, yeah, very exclusionary. The white guy in the basement, you know, and if you just look online, you see a whole lot of ranting about this type of stuff. But no, it's a very open, very accepting um, community that is falling in love with these books. One more book to shout out, um, My Solo Exchange Diary by Nakata Kabi. Uh, That just came out. She's the author of uh, My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness. Uh, So... It's nice to see queer representation in manga as well. So one of my favorite things about doing the show here in the shop is that we get people who just wander in off of the streets. And we get to stick microphones in their And faces. we just jam a microphone up in their grill, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it goes well. So a couple of cats just walked in, and they're going to join us on the show because we are talking about pronouns. And... When they walked in, get your pronouns. When they walked in, Kira went, "You might want to ask them," because we were talking about how how if it's is it rude to ask what are your pronouns, blah blah blah. And I was like, "No, it's it's not rude. You should be able to do it." And then when Kira told me to ask, I was like, "I don't know how to do it. (laughs) I don't know what to do. I don't know." So uh, I think I've worked it out, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're discussing pronouns on the show, dot, dot, dot. And then you guys just kind of took it. So that's great. So joining us on the show, I'm going to hand you my microphone. Nick. Alex. Okay. Nick, what would be your pronoun? Thank you. I prefer he, him pronouns. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as a gender identity, I lean more masculine, but non-binary most of the time. And Alex? What would be your pronoun? Uh, my pronouns are also he, him. Um, my gender is also a little bit non-binary, but I like to just let people assume that I'm male all the time. Okay. Oh, that was easy. See? Nailed it. See? Yeah, you did great, buddy. Um, so, uh, oh, I'm knocking stuff over. Um... So when when people, because we were talking about this earlier, when people, you're meeting a group of folk, um, is that something that you, boop, put out there? Or do you wait for someone to ask? Or what, what's sort of the, what's the, the most respectful way to go about it? Um, typically, if I'm in a group of people, they are mostly queer. Mm-hmm. And that's just my friend group. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if there's a new person... And they don't know. It'll just be like, I go by he, him to make it easier for okay. you. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. But if it never comes up and it's just an awkward, they throw out the wrong pronoun, you mm-hmm. just 
gentle correct like no big deal okay <laughs> yeah i've had i've had that situation happen a couple of times where i have misgendered and uh for the most part it's like oh hey by the way bt dubs this uh but there's been a time or two where uh i felt like a dick <laughs> i felt like a like a like a real jerk because they were really kind of aggressive about it and i was like i didn't know i'm so sorry so yeah alex how do you throw out your pronouns to a group of people um so I tend to end up in circles that are a little bit less queer. I work um, in a science museum, um, and so I'm sort of on the floor a lot. I deal with a lot of different school groups, different people who just, like, are there. And, like, the, we have volunteers who are typically of the older persuasion. Where I work, we have pronoun buttons on our lanyards, um, right, on, right like above our, our name badges. Um, and they had no problem making sure that my preferred name was on my name badge, that I have um, a photo of me now instead of me several years ago. Of course. Um, and like things like that. And I have a he, him button on mm-hmm. my lanyard, so I don't have to worry about that. I still get misgendered quite a lot. Really? On the street, uh, I'm two and a half years on testosterone now, mm-hmm. um, so it happens a lot less. But if people see me from behind, or if I like am far enough away that they don't see all of the scruff on my face, mm-hmm. then um, then it happens a lot. It's just like, oh hey, she's flying a drone. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, he's flying a drone. Uh-huh. Um, but um, for me, when I am talking close face to face with someone, I won't reveal my status uh as trans um instantly but mostly because i want to get a reading on how they are as a person first and then but when i'm with people who are my age and they're people who i've already hung out with or people who my friends hang out with i'm just like uh i will make sure that i introduce my friends as themselves and their pronouns and myself as me and my pronouns because I would rather put that out there because then the other person is like encouraged to say their pronoun along with their name because it's already out there. Would you say um, the, that the majority of younger people are kind accepting. of get, are kind of getting more accepting with using non non-binary pronouns or uh, just the overall conversation of introducing yourself with pronouns? <gasps> I think that depends on, like, if you're comparing it to, say, young people five or ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, I still don't think the majority of young people understand. Just, like, so both of us are in college. We are on college campus a lot. And so we still have to deal with certain people who just do not have any exposure to this, people who are from upstate and from, like, other places where they just don't have to deal with queerness. Um, there's a lot of ignorance. There's still a lot of willful ignorance, even in really educated places. Um, I live in a neighborhood that is not particularly educated. Um, and I often worry about getting harassed and assaulted in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So I would personally say no. Um, if you're comparing it, like I said to before, then sure, there are more but I don't think that there is a majority by any standpoint. Um, I feel like with our campus, 
being the school that we go to, there is a very large queer community, especially if you're near the art building. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we hang around with theater kids, so like it's no big deal. Yeah. But like, you started as an engineering major. I'm a physics major. I feel extremely uh-huh. uncomfortable. Wow, I can imagine. With my queer identity, because yeah. the head of my college is like. No science major is queer. Oh yeah, no, he said that. Really, like, yes. like came out wow. and said that. And what, yeah. what was the incident, or why did it come out? It was during an interview, uh-huh. and they were asking about like the queer population in Jeez. the science college, and he's like, "Oh no, none of my graduates are." And I'm just like, "I want to graduate out of spite." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's uh, it. What, what was it? There are no queer science students. Mm-hmm. Like he just said that. Yeah. That's that's that that's incredible. I I'm a chemical engineering student, and I am very queer. Uh, <laughs> and I went to Penn State, which is a really large school. Like uh, my major had maybe like forty percent like women comparatively. I can't think of like another queer person in my major. Like it's it's science is still very not overtly queer yet. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, we we attend Temple, and that was like extremely shocking because on one hand you have this whole giant community of student yes. body that is so accepting. Like there mm-hmm. have been rallies, mm-hmm. and it's just like woo. And then like you hear professors and like your deans and your heads talking like that and it's just like how well you know what it's 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 it, that comes from a generational you know mentality or bias i believe because you know for for years right or wrong as as it may be you know the uh, queer professions if you will were seen as theater you know, the arts or, uh, you know, fashion or, or, or something like that. And again, as we spoke about it earlier, as the curtain has been drawn further and further wider, wider open, you're seeing that, no, this is uh, prevalent in all walks of life. You know, there has already been a queer person on the moon. We just didn't know that they were queer <laughs> yeah, at, at the, the moment. Time. Yeah, you yeah. know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. it's 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 out there. So I wouldn't imagine I would imagine that that's quite possibly where your professor's mindset is coming yeah. from. It's still in in you can't even say in, in today's day and time. I'm I think as recently as the 1990s to say something like that is still very ignorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so there's no excusing of that. But that's just the understanding of where their mentality yeah. is. So since this is a pop culture and comic book show, um, you, I wanted to kind of tie it in. So you said that your main comic book shelves are Marvel based. Yes, I have a disgusting amount of Captain America comics. That <laughs> nice. Okay, were you reading, I just had a curiosity, were you reading the Nick Spencer Hydra Cap stuff? Hell no. Okay, okay. Where did, you, where did your Captain America uh, love begin, and where does your collection start? Um, I have a lot of different series. I really prefer volumes over single issue because mm. I find I burn... Trades! Damn it! <laughs> I burn through them too quickly yeah. um, and I hate cliffhangers so my my cap like comic books start in the more like 
him just waking up and having to recalibrate to modern times. Mm. Fish out of water. Yeah, yeah, man out of time. Yeah. And um, I kind of find it refreshing because, like, the online community that defended the Nick Spencer cap didn't realize that, like, Captain America's infantry was one of the first integrated ones. Mm-hmm. He defended Jewish Americans just as well as he defended his um, black brothers in arms and all. And, like, he was written by two Jewish men mm-hmm. to be that icon that America needed to get into the war and get the morale up. And, like, the Hydra cap is disgusting. <laughs> See, my response to that is... Um, you know, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, the two Jewish men who created him, also did a story where he was a Nazi. So this wasn't a new story that all of a sudden everyone was very offended by it. But it's like the two guys, when people use that argument that it was created by two Jewish men, there were two Jewish men who were interested in telling interesting stories and putting their characters through very, you know, a lot of tribulations and stuff. So the fact that they themselves have done it sort of... I don't want to say negates that argument a little bit, but... It certainly weakens it. Yeah. I, I can respect that. Yeah. He but. literally had a swastika on his <laughs> on his shield, um, Cap did, um, as opposed to this, you know, the new Hydra story. But, um, yeah, Captain America, what, what about him strikes you? Like, why... Was that, like, your first comic book was Cap? No, my first comic book was Batman. And oh, was the Batman. Dad. Nice. You got a great father. I, yeah. I want to put that out to you. <laughs> yeah. You have a great father. Um, so, you know, to tie this in with our conversation, do you have you read any queer comic books? or? Um, I follow a lot of independent artists online that put out queer comics. Uh-huh. Um, most fan-based, but I, I just like how some of them take the reins of characters and lead them in their own independent mm-hmm. direction. So I'm sorry. So these are um, fanfic versions of like already existing characters, or are these characters um, created by? Some of them start out that way, but then like you discover their original work, and it's amazing. Okay. I um, there's one that stands out in mind. Um, the artist is blue and orange on Tumblr and like other medias, and like they're doing an Overwatch one hmm. with um, Hanzo and McCree, and like the way they write them is amazing because like it's a video game and it doesn't have much lore mm-hmm. it's first person shooter i'm sure you know mm-hmm. and like they just fit the characters so well and like it's a hella queer blue is hella queer i love them nice. <laughs> and like i think in the comic the hannah hockey one um mccree is trans and like it hasn't come up yet mm-hmm. but um i just like the idea of reflecting different characters different ways because it mm. can open up and blossom more as a character. Like, um, for Cap, I like to think of him as uh, the bisexual icon mm-hmm. of his time. And Do you, do you ship Cap and uh, Bucky? I ship him with a lot of people. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> I, I know Bucky Cap, Bucky slash Cap I know is B- Bucky pretty big. Slash Bucky Cap and then Bucky, I mean Cap and Falcon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, who, who else do you ship Cap with? I am a stony shipper, so that's him and Iron Man. Really? No. What am I missing here? Stony shipper? Yes. Stephen Tony. Yeah. Oh, God damn. <laughs> of course, of course. Stephen Tony. I'm sorry. I should have put that program, thing. I'm JJ. sorry. <laughs> 
Okay, so Cap and Iron Man. I can see it. I can see it. There's a lot of evidence for that in all of the comics and TV series. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me one. Give me one incredible piece. (laughs) All right, go, go, go. Okay, so there's a specific cartoon called Avengers Assemble. Yeah. And in it, there's a lot of very, very friendly interactions between Cap and Tony. And a lot of it, there was one where... Tony got the time stone stuck in his arc reactor, and he yes. got flashback to a child. Huh. Mm-hmm. And, like, he was terrified because dinosaurs were also popping up through wormholes that his arc reactor were making. And he had to, like, look at Cap and all and be like, okay, I got to be the hero he wants me to be, even though he's a kid at this point. And coming back, they have a very, like, intimate scene where it's just like, Tony, it doesn't matter. You're like the greatest man I know. <laughs> and just the way it was drawn was like, oh, this is so gay. Oh, okay. I'm surprised you used the child one instead of just the comic strip, the Good Morning Darling. Yeah. Good Morning Darling. Oh, no, it's Beloved. Beloved. beloved Iron Man darling. comes down the stairs. And they're like having breakfast, and it's like, "Good morning, beloved. Has anyone fished Clint out of the trash yet?" What is this? In a comic book Cap or a cartoon? It's in a comic book, and Cap doesn't even react to him calling him beloved, which is just, just like he's beloved? just used to that. Wait, how do I not know what about comic this? book? Is this? This is six one six. I'm pretty sure, actually. Wow. I've I've got to see these panels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These panels. Tony, Tony Stark is very bisexual. Like, it's not canon. I mean, canon. I can see it. It's not canon, but he's very bisexual. He got picked by Gamora. Yeah, he did. Oh, my. <laughs> I do. I remember this. What? Was that, that was in the, the Brian Michael Bendis um, Guardians of the Galaxy series, wasn't it? Is that what you're talking about? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where he was actually one of the Guardians up in space. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. a time he was one of the Guardians. Yeah, there was a whole yeah. conversation about, yeah, Gamora. Really? Yeah. And Gamora, like... I mean, I don't think it was so it's, it's, explicit. It's off-panel. Yeah. But um, at, in the very corner of one of the panels, there's a strap on. No! And Tony, Tony, at the end of this thing, is just like, ow. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I need gonna, to see these panels. Okay, I need... This does not sound... This is gutter talk that, that is, like... <laughs> Okay, I'm looking at this panel now. Good morning, Good morning beloved. beloved. Did anyone check the dumpsters for Clint yet? And funny you should ask. It. He doesn't react to him calling huh. him beloved. That's weird. He doesn't. He does kind of just eat that. Yeah. Like, like yum, yum. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, this is the best breakfast ever. <laughs> oh, he does. Oh, you're, you are so right. I'm. Okay. Oh, are you looking up? Are you no, looking? I need to see. I need to see the strap on that <laughs> Iron Man just like says ow on. So now I'm looking. I'm looking at the panels. We're back at the panels, ladies and gentlemen. I don't. I don't. I don't know what comic books that Nick and Alex are reading. There's the corner. There's the corner. And it's just like. So I'm going back to the bar, and that's Gamora. And Tony's Gamora. Like, yeah, okay. And he says ow. And he's very much naked in bed, covered with a sheet. And okay, but where's the strap? I don't see. The, I don't see. So you, you go in, and it's it's this it's this black thing here, that. And there's a condom wrapper. Well, I know the condom wrapper because obviously they had they had uh, they had sex. They had protected sex. Good for them. Yes. But yeah, that's a that's a that's a strap. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> This is one of the faces in that panel series for Tony. 
And then that face, that is that that's a, that's a that's a face that's been rod. But okay. <laughs> no, but but here's the thing. But here's the thing. Here, here's my question though. Here's my question though. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's my question. So, so my question is this. Here's the thing. Spit it out. If tone, let's say, let's say that on the other side of the panel, that there lives a panel where Tony and Gamora are, you know, doing it, and Gamora's doing Tony with the strap on. Okay. This has taken a turn. Does, <laughs> does that? Does that act mean that Tony is queer? No. I say no. No. Well, okay. So it, it depends just means on, he knows where the male G spot is. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on your interpretation of queer theory. At the face of it, no. Um, you could argue, um, and I'm sorry, I just took a queer theory class in school because I just didn't want to deal with straight folks for my gen ed. Um, but um, you could argue that um, the man of the two people taking on the role of like that, of right. specifically being what is typically considered to be a female role, right. is in itself an act of queerness, um, which, mm. does, which does sort of stack things there. But there are, there are certainly other, um, there are other like comic-wide like evidences, I don't wanna say proof, but evidences that, right. uh, that Tony Stark um, would and or has um, been romantically or sexually involved with male characters. There will never be like indefinite proof, I don't think, because Tony Stark is such an A-list character in Marvel and I don't think Marvel is ready to make a queer, very A-list character, or like have him come out, yeah. right? So, talking about switching the the sexuality of an A-list character. Yes, they have done that with B-list characters and C-list characters. Certainly, they have done that with yes. Shat, um, North Star, North Star from Alpha Flight. Most well, well, recently, yeah, but with North Star, I guess they 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 he he came out. Yeah, so. It wasn't really a switch. No, you really didn't know okay. which way he was before. Well, the most recent one I can think of is Iceman. So that Bobby Drake of the X Men had, a for a long time, been with you know he had girlfriends and what have you. Yes. And so recently he discovered that he was gay. So my question is: a lot of older white men mm. on the internet had problems with that, uh, include, including one of my my co-hosts on another show. Because um, he just felt like it wasn't true to the character, and it's just changing up a character that he liked so that it would appeal to someone else. Right. How do you feel when that happens? When they take a character who's pre-existing in one form and they switch him to another sexuality or, or, or even another form? Like, um, even they've done it with race, they've done it with sexuality, they've done it so and so forth. Well, I mean, and specifically with this character, when you have them like, like along the timeline coming out as another sexuality, that is just part of his character growth. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not dealing with a different character, right? You're just dealing with a character who's growing and changing as people tend to do. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, like that doesn't bother. It would it would be like having your friend for twenty years suddenly be like, uh, sure, I'm gay. Like, would you would you consider that friend a different person? No. Nope. I I'd feel like that's just a really homophobic argument being like twisted around to be like someone writing an out of character character. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm kind of sick of that. Yeah. 
My, my response was, uh, oh, you're really upset that they're not straight anymore? What was his girlfriend's name? What was any of his girlfriend's names? That it's Nobody that important. Knows. He had no idea. Nobody. A crush on Rogue in like one of the movies, but that was like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably it. Well, yeah, as far as the movies go. He, he the has comics. a crush on like a bunch of, a bunch of different yeah. people, but... But yeah. my, my argument against this has always been like, because like you said, it's the older white guys that are talking about this. And why, the reason why they're talking about this is because it's a character that they've been reading for the last 20, 30, 30 40, yeah. 40 years, right? But you've been reading this character for for 40 years, but that character has been maybe 20 to 25 years old. That entire for, time. For that entire time. So really, that character is not grown. And is, it is not out of the ordinary for someone once they get into that. Usually when you get into your 20s, that's when you really start living. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're out of mom's house, you're out of college, and now you're really exploring yourself um, on a solo basis. And, and that's when your life takes on all types of crazy types of changes. Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense that now the 20, 25 year old Iceman, you know, realized like, oh, I can't keep a chick. Why can't I keep a chick? You know why? Because I like a dick. Yeah. And that's what, <laughs> and that's what he, how he wants to live his life. I'm all for gay Iceman. Like, I love the X-Men specifically because you can introduce so many new characters. Like, mm-hmm. I love what they're doing with Negasonic Teenage Warhead and her girlfriend in the new movie. I think it's adorable. And to have her with Deadpool is even better because Deadpool came out as one of the bi-pan heroes in, what was it, 80s, 90s? Like, that's why he was written. Like 70s? On it? Wasn't that like Deadpool the Deadpool wasn't around in the 70s. No, he was 80s. Deadpool came around late 80s, 90s. Yeah. So, and he was written to be a queer character and, like, most of his fan base which infuriates me erases that from him and it's just like no no him and cable refer to their breaking up as their divorce um (laughs) true that's true um he canonly one of his greatest uh fantasies is to rub suntan lotion on cable on a beach um he dresses up in women's clothes whenever he wants to because he wants to and it's just like he loves Thor. He has a giant crush on Thor. And in the panels, I forget what comic, but he's just staring at him like, God, you're pretty. And Thor's just like, what? And he's like, nothing. What are you talking about? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and too, I, I, really, I really have bad experiences with like Deadpool's fan base. Oh, yeah, I can uh, see that. We were. I remember we were going to see the first movie, and you you were in the bathroom, but I was sitting there, and I had um, I had a Spider Man hoodie on. I have one of those really dorky ones that where the zipper goes all Zips the way up, up to right. the mask, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm wearing that, and this little like I don't even know what kind of words I can say on this, so I'm just gonna say d bag of <laughs> of a like 19 or 20 year old white boy comes out of the theater and it's just like you're wearing the wrong hoodie deadpool hates spider-man and i'm just like child let me tell you something oh <laughs> because uh, I, I am i heard spider-man tell me what, what am i what am i missing i <laughs> yeah and this this little kid is just like deadpool hates spider-man and i'm just like you are not young enough to not know the romance between deadpool and spider-man well, okay so it's not canon romance but oh, okay. deadpool loves Spider-Man. Oh, no, I know Deadpool that. Deadpool has the biggest crush in the world on Spider-Man. Yes. In fact, Spider-Man, I have a comic that I love. It's the first in the series of, like, mm-hmm. Deadpool Spider-Man comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, And he has 
a list of like people that he's allowed to cheat with ha! that like <laughs> that his wife like is yeah. like yes you can cheat with these people spider-man yeah. is on that list that's cute right like right next to uh, uh thor if thor ever becomes a woman is in parentheses nice um that's cute which is hilarious which happened, since thor yeah. is a woman in that comic um um that's pretty funny. So um, now in the, as far as I remember, I only read the first couple of issues of Spider-Man Deadpool, but Spidey, it feels like it was unrequited. Spider-Man oh. kind of hates Deadpool a lot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are definitely other comic series and other cartoons where Deadpool and Spider-Man are kind of bros and they work together a yeah, lot. Yeah. Um, and like they, they, they have that like kind of long lasting love hate relationship that specific series of Spider-Man Deadpool. Spider-Man starts out hating Deadpool, mm -hmm. but then like Deadpool pesters him enough to be like, "Can we hang out? Can we yeah, hang yeah. out? We got to do this. We got to hang out." I and be then, buddies. And then they go dancing and get drunk and oh, Spider Swayze happens. What? That's amazing. That's and it's cute. just like they become friends. That's awesome. Okay, so now so the the relationship has developed over the period of the of the series. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I wasn't sure. But um Awesome. Is there anything else we want to do before we wrap it up? Leonard? No. Then we're done. Okay. Is there anything else you guys wanted to say? Anything you wanted to... So, you, hold on real quick. You were talking about some creators online that you were appreciating. Did you shout out who they were? Yeah, I said their name. It's Blue and Orange. You can find them on Patreon that way. Um, I think their name is Nikki K. Okay. Um, and you can find them on Tumblr that way, and their art's awesome. really cool. Nice. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Speaking of Patreon, I didn't. I was gonna get there. I have a Patreon. I have Patreon backslash, or I guess just slash Johnny Destructo. It's for the podcast. It's for art. It's for all sorts of what have yous and whatnots. So feel free to uh, throw us some money if you like our podcasts and my art and all that other stuff and t-shirts. There you go. Yeah. Support also, JD. Yeah. You can also email us at cultpopgo at gmail.com. Or blacktribbles at gmail.com. And you can tweet at me at JD's Hero Complex on Twitter. Or at the Bat Tribble with two T's. Or you can tweet at blacktribbles. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, that's our that makes show. That easy. Yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, uh, for joining us. Write in. Let us know what you think and your thoughts and all that sort of what have yous. Yes. And we'll talk at you later. The data!